Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 322 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I'm in Toronto, Ontario. I'm joined once again by Jaime Lopez Jr. in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? We have Mark Rubin on the line in San Jose, California. Oh. Right, and we're recording on the second last day of the year, December 30th, 2020. Seems like March 2020, right? <laughs> uh, anyway, let's start off with some fact check. Uh, we were talking about the iPhone 10 uh, ship date. It was November 3rd, 2017. I'm not sure what the context was. I think we were just talking about how late it shipped or something. Um, and and we were sort of joking around the uh, the price of the um, new AirPods Max, the over-the-year noise-canceling uh, wireless cableless headphones from Apple. Um, and then I was talking about Bang and Olsen and um, B&O. Um, they actually have a product called BioPlay, uh, which uh, they have an H- H4 second-generation model, which is 349 So it is cheaper than the AirPods Max. Uh, but they do, in fact, have a, a H95 model, which is 1100 hundred dollars us so um they do in fact have more expensive headphones than the than the apple product and that's uh, good to know anyway um do we have any ask mtgc i mean i guess not eh? i didn't see any let me give it one last refresh no sure. no nothing nothing new people are people taking the holidays off yeah people have stuff Alrighty. to do this week which you know or not to or do. Not we, we, yeah. we've uh, you know had the rare opportunity which we don't normally record during the, the holidays for us right because right? normally true. we're we're out and about doing stuff but the uh New pandemic rules, so we're given this very, very yeah. rare as we record here is on uh, December 30th, which is pretty unusual for us. Usually we're out and about. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Mark has traveled to the in the past during this time and, mm-hmm. you know, um, day before New Year's as well, right? So usually a busy, busy time for everybody, but we're on full lockdown here in, in Ontario for a couple more weeks, which basically means everything's closed. How about you guys? Yeah, we are too. They just found the, uh, the first instance of the new UK 
super uh, contagious strain here in California and LA, which is not good. We have four cases here in Canada, three in Ontario and one in BC as far as I know. And we're also record, record-breaking record 2,900 cases today, in new cases today in, in Ontario, mm. um, 1,000 in Toronto, which is for us is crazy. We were down to like 50 a day um, back in June, July, right? So, But I, I also heard that that super contagious uh, strain may in fact not be super contagious. They don't really know yet, right? Too early to tell. But it's freaking people out, right? Have you guys got the vaccine down there yet? It's here, but I haven't gotten it yet. No, no. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be eons before we right. any of us lowly lowly people get it. But yeah, yep. Yep. Un- but unlike the U.S. and Canada, they're giving it to all the frontline workers first instead of the politicians, right? So well, they're doing that for the most part here too, except for the photo shoots. Anyway, um, I don't know if you heard that Marianne from Gilligan's yeah, Island. Yeah, I heard away. about that. It's a shame. I mean, she was, was eighty-two, yeah. but well, that's the target audience, right? Yeah. Anywho, um, yeah. So we'll, I think. I think last time we were talking, last show we were talking about this new um, commission structure uh, for where where if you make less than a million dollars per year uh, on App Store sales, you can apply to um, get uh, to get uh, to only be charged fifteen percent on that first million. And um, I applied; I've been approved, and uh, I believe that some ma- uh, developers are claiming they're already starting to see changes uh, in the in the, the structure that they're what they're paying to Apple. Right? I can so, confirm that. I have seen that mm-hmm. now. So you're getting more. Or dollars per thing? yeah yeah so it appears and I haven't done a regular study of this but it appears to me that for me at least it only applies so far to sales in the U.S. because I've seen oh, really I've seen uh, sales from other countries that get the old rate so oh, okay yeah so again I haven't been real rigorous just did a couple of spot checks and it looks like that's the case but but um, yeah it seems like presumably because they're they're rolling it out early and they're just testing it in certain markets or whatever so so. It makes a lot of sense, but but for 100 for sure, I I have seen uh, today. As a matter of fact, I checked it just before the show. I am seeing 15 uh, percent off on U.S. sales, right. which is nice, right? Hmm. And people are saying that you, I think you said last week it was like a 21, last time we talked, you should say 21% increase in pay increase, I guess. Is that, well, that's just, that's just how the math works out, right? If you, that's the math. If you, if you had a, if you were getting 70% of, of sales and now you're getting 85% sales, that's actually a 21% increase in how much you get. Okay. Right. Right. Cool. But it's still 85% on, on the dollar sort of thing, right? 85% of the sale you're getting. You get 85% of the sale. So you go, when you go from 70% to 85%, that 15% difference is 21% of 70%. Right. right. Math. Tammy's head just cool. exploded. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I, I, I do have, I have her, her book in my pick. I got to say, there's an awful lot of math in that book. Mm. I just, you know, was telling Carol yesterday was, you know, I'm like maybe two chapters to go to finish it because it's an area I'm interested in. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of brain stretching vector computational stuff in there. So she's, you know, I think the, she's crying wolf a bit there. Mm. Anyway, um, moving on. So, I mean, in the last two weeks since we recorded, there's been a lot of discussion about uh, Apple Car. Um, and so this link I've got here is from middle of like, a few days ago, anyway. Um, of Ming-Chi Kuo, our famous, you know, prognosticator. Um, I mean, there was rumors that Apple was going to be coming out with a car in a couple of years. He's sort of put a date on it, 2025, um, maybe later. And then I think even Elon Musk even weighed in on some of the story around this. Have you guys uh, been following this story at all? Yeah, Elon Musk claims that he tried to sell to Apple and Tim Cook said no, which is kind of the opposite of what we heard at the time that Apple made an offer and Elon said no. So 
Kind oh, of really, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We don't. Who knows? We'll never know the truth. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess when when I mean, I mean, what is? Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I suppose it is competition for Elon Musk. Is he should he really be worried about Apple at this point in time? And you know, he's already got a leg up on most of the people with electronic cars, right? Well, yeah. I mean, yes and no. I mean, yes. Tesla has a lot of, of very positive uh, mind share and, and market share, but but they actually don't sell. They haven't sold that many cars yet. They're right, still ramping right. up. Uh, so it's not like they've you know taken the market and have a commanding hold on the market. And people are pretty fickle with cars anyway, right? With with brands, I mean, do you always buy the same brand car every time? No, right? So so it's certainly possible that when something new and, and fancy comes out, that that people will jump over. But I think the hardest part from a technology point of view, the hardest part is is the battery, right? And and Apple's pretty good at batteries. And I, and we know that Tesla has spent a, is spending a lot of time on battery technology, which they need to do. Uh, so if if Apple can come out and and really have some pretty you know uh, revolutionary or or even evolutionary things that that just give them a, a real advantage on on battery technology, that could really change the game. Well, I mean, do you think Apple's going to hit the ground running? Uh, you know, with with you think everybody's going to run out and buy an Apple car because it's got an Apple logo on it, or do you, I mean, um, do, would you? No, think that's I, I think the car well, market. Well, certainly there goes? there won't be the kind of you know people lining up at the Apple store when, like they do or used to do when when the new iPhone came out because you know buying something for a thousand dollars is very different than buying something for you know thirty or 30, 40, 40 or 50. 50, whatever yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll just have to see what they what they come up with. It, it, and with a car, though, you don't you don't need to sell. As many, right? To to make a pretty good, pretty good splash, and from a revenue point of view, at least profit. I'm not so sure, but but you know, revenue. It's you know, each one goes a long way. Yeah, but I think that I mean, the car market has you know been around for a long time, and I think that uh, it, like I said, there's a good a lot of good money to be made selling cars. It seems to be sure. you know a lot of people are involved in it, and a lot of people are involved in the resale market. So it's obviously something that that has value, right? So and just and just to fact check you on uh, live here on the show my first car was a honda and my last car was a honda what about all the ones in between though Uh, you I've haven't only, only had ever, two cars in your life. Well, I've owned uh, I've owned a Renault at one point, a used Renault, and I owned a brand new Dodge uh, car at one point. My first, my parents' car was a Dodge that I drove when I was a kid. Okay. So Dodge is probably my American um, fave, I guess. And um, but it was a Dodge Dart, you know, with a slant six, so it was kind of a cool car. But um, yeah, no, I, I my first car was a Honda Civic. I've had um, several versions of it and switched over to CRV, you know, about ninety uh, seven, and I'm now into my second CRV. Um, they last a long time, so mm-hmm. I'm pretty loyal to Honda. Anywho, that's that. Um, but I used to do a lot of the work on my car myself, right? So, all right, then will you buy an Apple car when it comes out, just because it has an Apple probably, logo? You know, on it. to be honest with you, probably not, because I mean, um, you know, like like we, Carol and I, sort of, you know, agreed that our next car would be an electric car, like this is going back, or some sort of, you know, hybrid car. Um, we probably made that resolution like ten years ago or so, and uh, we just, you know, when when the time came, we just bought another another Honda CRV like even a 2004 we bought in 2016 right so it was already a you know 12 year old car so yeah I don't know not really using cars these days because I mean you know I'm, I'm living downtown and commuting on transit and stuff so you know I used to, I used to have my last Honda I used to sit on the sidewalk and rust in front of the you know as I work from home and I just thought I don't need a car that much especially when I live right in the city and I've got access to transit and whatever notwithstanding you know COVID but uh, yeah it, you know I, it is kind of an interesting thing that 
you know, in, in 10 years or even five years, the, the car landscape could be very, very different from what it is now because self-driving cars are coming on fast. And when you have self-driving cars, then then the whole idea of a like a self-driving Uber that just shows up whenever yeah. you need it yeah. Yeah. becomes a kind of an interesting thing, you know, and, and so people might not own cars as much. I mean, look at the, look at this generation of, you know, 20 something year old, you know, half of them don't even know how to drive. <laughs> Never mind own a car. So, you yeah. know, we're, we might be in, in a kind of a paradigm shift here where people don't really have their own cars anymore. And when you, when you need a car, you just call a self-driving Uber that shows up and it picks you up and takes you away. That's a good point. Cause we've always been a, we've always been a two car family, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, I just, because I was working from home, I think I got rid of my car in around 2014. And cause I, I'm like right on the transit line. So it's not a huge issue. And then, you know, zip car came along. So if I needed a car for any, length of time i could just you know i had a zip car membership i could just grab one of those and go and i could use the same membership card when i was in san francisco if i wanted and then um then uber came along and uh i used to use the cat the uber cabs like i would call a cab on uber and because i figured the cab drivers are out there anyway you know polluting the environment and if they're not getting dispatched by their dispatcher i would use the uber to act to call them so i mean you know and i still use uber and left you know occasionally when i need to get around especially now in covid right you want to try and limit your your exposure as much as possible Right. So. so you do take the Uber or the Lyft, or you drive yourself? Um, well, today I went. To, I had to go to do, to do some lab work. I, I just drove up in my car. Like if I'm going, if I'm going for a quick, you know, um, rather than get on the transit, which I could do because again because of COVID and concerns and stuff like that, and idiots on the the transit system. And our transit system is still a bit overcrowded, even even with the restrictions. Um, and there are people who refuse to wear masks and stuff like that. So I just don't want to, you know, risk it. So so yeah, I'll just jump oh, in the car so, and yeah, drive so, over. So. I, I was contrasting taking an Uber versus driving yourself, but you were contrasting taking the public transportation versus yeah. taking an Uber or t- driving yourself. And and I guess even even taking an Uber from an exposure point of view is better than taking public trans- transport. Yeah, I mean, I did take I did have taken an Uber in in COVID times, and basically the the car was just basically the guy had like a big you know clear vinyl wrap um, between me and him. Oh, really? And, That's and, interesting. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the back of the cars are I don't know what it's like. You know, our our Toronto cabs here are, they're, they're pretty much like the vinyl seats in the back and they're pretty utilitarian. I mean, the other thing too is because I work in the major banking banking building downtown, um, if I need to grab a cab, I just walk up the door and there's like, you know, five or six of them sitting there waiting to take you somewhere, right? So, you know, it's not like I'm in the middle of the suburbs or something like that or out in an industrial area where there's no no cars around, right? So so for me, it's it's like if if Apple comes out with a car and and they have some sort of like car sharing kind of deal or or like you said, they, they come Uber or something like that, like they have like they Uber them or whatever, you know, to make them available for that sort of purpose or cabs or whatever. Um, that would be something I would use. So, but yeah. I don't know if I would, I wouldn't go and I, I'm not, I'm not in the, the sort of buying mode to spend fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 on a car right now. Right. Yeah. I just don't, don't need it. So, and I, I think a lot of people in my neighborhood wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily have cars for that purpose either. Like they might have, like a lot of people in, in my neighborhood are, don't have, don't own cars. Right. Yeah. You do have to wonder what Apple's business plan is because it, it is a little hard to, to see 
see them, especially the way the trends are going. It's a little hard to see them just, you know, opening up, you know, the <laughs> Tim's used car, you know, lot down the, or, or Tim's Apple car deal. <laughs> Not, I don't mean Tim uh, Mitra. I mean, I'm yeah, talking Tim, Tim Cook. Cook. Tim yeah. Cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what <laughs> you mean. know, Tim's car dealership down on the corner of, you know, Stevens Creek Boulevard. Uh, people in Silicon Valley know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's a, that's a big, that's a big business with a lot of manual labor. Maybe that's the wrong word, but it's labor intensive. You know, there's, there, you need a lot of space. It's not the typical kind of business that Apple's in. So, so I wonder, well, I suppose they have Apple stores. So that sort of doesn't. Yeah, but they're not building the building. Like you're saying, like they're not. Yeah. An Apple store is inside a retail mall, right? It's not, or it's on a, on a city street. And it's not like they're getting, like you have to have, like you said, you have to have inventory. You have to have cars hanging around. Mind you, that, that said, I mean, it's probably like that in, in where in the Valley too, because like, like in San Francisco and stuff like that, because, um, we have some car dealers that are downtown, but they're like, they, they have the elevators for the cars, right? And they, they don't necessarily have, they don't spread out like a, like a shopping mall kind of parking lot kind of deal, right? So there are, there are dealers downtown that have cars, you know, not necessarily like you can look at them in the showroom, like there's a Porsche dealer and there's a Honda dealer and there's a few other BMW dealers. And they have like, they might have one or two models in the showroom, but if you want to take one for a test drive, they, they go to a local garage, bring one out and, and that's the car you try. Yeah. Right? And that's so. how Tesla does it too. So they don't, they don't really have Tesla dealerships. I don't think. You, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it would like, be some way, but, uh, but where I was going with that is I wonder if Apple does have something different in mind. Uh, yes, they'll make cars. From a business model point of view, you mean, right? From a business model. Yeah. Yes, they'll make cars, but maybe they won't actually sell them to consumers. Maybe it will only be through, you know, through somewhere like a, like an Uber that you'll have these Apple cars or something like that. It'll only be for fleets of, of, uh, you know, driverless cars or, or something like that or something different to distinguish themselves well, from. Would they, would they partner else? with like, say, a, um, Volkswagen or something like that? Like, would there be a, cause I mean, yeah. there are some, there's some cars, you, some dealerships you can go to that, that have rare cars, like, you know, Jack Jaguars and stuff like that. They don't necessarily have a Jaguar dealer, but they'll have a dealer that's like well, got a number of maybe you don't, but cars. here in Silicon Valley we do. <laughs> it's like just just a Jaguar, like that's all. They, well, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, actually, I forgot yeah. who I'm talking to here. Yeah, no. somebody's got to sell the Lamborghinis to the post IPO. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like there, there's a guy, there's a guy in Oakville here. Oakville's like a, it's connected to the GTA in a sense. But there's a guy there whose buds imports cars, and he's got like you know Mercedes. Mercedes, or, or sorry, uh, not Mercedes. What are those other ones? Um, the, the Italian ones: Maserati, Lamborghini, mm-hmm. you know, Jaguar, um, uh, Austin Martin. He'll have like those types of cars on his lot. You know, mind you, there's a Porsche dealer downtown too. Like I said before, and there's like they've got like the all the Porsches you could you know possibly want, right? Um, and they've got like a whole parking lot with you know new cars sitting in it, waiting for you to take them away. Because we do have, you're right, we do have like where I where I work. I mean, the cars that drive down there in downtown Toronto are all sort of the fancy smancy you know expensive cars right because they're paying through the nose for parking as well right but uh, yeah it's so interesting i, I don't know. It, didn't it's, even realize until i just looked it up yeah. that jaguar has an electric car oh really yeah. huh. 2020 jaguar uh, well, i-pace hse yeah we go to uh xavier my grandson is is big into cars and so we we go to the auto show every year every year here in toronto this i think this year we didn't go obviously for covid but you know they they have all the car manufacturers you know, come into this big, you know, convention center downtown. It's about the size of the, the McHenry, right? And um, they do, you know, all you can, and 
and just about everybody had some sort of electric vehicle. Like we have, I probably have like in my on my street. I mean, we had a Tesla show up here about five years ago. Um, but I think there's probably about five or six Teslas within within a dog walk around my house, you know. And then you know, I've got some of those Volts and Leaf cars as well. Lots of Prius cars in my neighborhood. So it's not like they're. I'd probably say maybe five or ten percent of the cars in the neighborhood are are already electric or hybrid, right? So yeah, it's not unusual. Anyway, let's move on from cars. But yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see where this where this where, where this goes. But I'm sure. Speaking of which, I'm sure Jaime's just chomping at the bit to talk about the Xbox. So why don't we do that? Well, I mean, more specifically, the the sad womp womp. So personal one here. So, womp, womp, womp. so this is actually yeah. an article from The Verge from like November. Um, but I uh, I sit here on my desk is a robot white Xbox Series X controller, which is as of this recording still not supported by iOS and macOS. So this article had said, hey, maybe fourteen point three, um, but no, that didn't come to pass. So I'm still waiting here. Uh, It's a bummer because I was hoping to use it with uh, Apple Arcade and Steam and the devices just don't recognize it as anything other than a Bluetooth thing and just it just doesn't work. And it it blows my mind, blows my mind that this controller could be so different that it doesn't just fit into uh, proper MiFi support, you know? Well, does uh, does PlayStation's controller work with with iOS devices, right? Don't they? I, to be really clear, because folks might be confused, so I'm talking about the very brand new controller that comes out with the new Series X or Series S Xbox, the latest Xbox. Uh, I don't know if the same problem exists for the PS5 controller. Um, This article claims that it it did at the time. I don't know because I didn't buy one of those. I don't know if uh, if that is still true. Uh, I haven't looked into that. But it's it's still a bummer because you would think, you know, uh, it should be a pretty easy MiFi. Like, all right, what's the delta between this Xbox controller and this other one? All right, cool. Here's your rubber stamp. Go through, you know, a little bit of testing and call it good. So very, very disappointed that uh, I don't even know which side to blame. So I'm I'm blaming both <laughs> Microsoft and Apple until mm-hmm. one of them, you know, tells us otherwise and whose fault this is. Well, if you've ever done any work with the MFI program, you know, there is no such thing as a simple rubber stamp <laughs> in that program. Right. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> right. There's Yeah, so I still don't know who to blame then. Is it, is it, you know, Microsoft, you know, here's two scenarios in my head. Microsoft is like, hey, uh, we're pretty busy. It's going to be down to wire to get these darn consoles out as it is uh should we spend engineering time on the MiFi certification heck no get the damn controllers out there for the people who are buying xboxes and we'll worry about connecting to ios devices later or it could also be you know apple's like nope this is a completely different controller so we're gonna run it through the whole gamut and etc or maybe some combination thereof but nevertheless i sit here with uh, a controller that is uh, sadly doing nothing just sitting on my desk waiting for uh you know some new version of ios or mac os i really don't care which because apple arcade is available on both yeah, that I can yeah. I can use. So I just you know did a quick search here on on the Google and um, I found an article from when is this from? This is I'm more January or beginning of the year. Uh, just talking about the PS4, the Xbox One controller, and the Steam controller working on the Mac. So oh yeah, and I presume and presume that would work on iOS as well. And I do know that there was a, a book that I'm going to talk about later where there was some sort of hint about you know using controllers with with your uh, your devices. But um, yeah, so yeah. I if people are wondering, well, hey dummy why did you get this one? It's like, well, I thought, okay, how long could it take to get, you know, the thing certified? How long could it take for the iOS update to come? I was like, I'm sure it'll come out. I might as well, if I'm going to buy a controller, I might as well buy from one of the newer consoles, right? One that will continue to be manufactured in case I need to replace it and et cetera. And uh, I got bitten by the, the the window of time during which this thing is just a just a plastic brick. Is it a, is it a wired or a wireless controller? This is a wireless one. Wireless one, okay. Yeah, Bluetooth. 
you've kind of but, you, but you don't have a you, you don't have a, a, an Xbox. I do not. I did. I did not buy. Oh, a, you just bought the controller. I, I just bought the controller, and and that's like a whole episode in and of itself uh, of like yeah. why did you get this one over the PS5? I, I personally prefer the Xbox controllers over the PlayStation controllers. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll I'll use this. I'll use it with Steam because I've been playing games on Steam for for macOS. Um, I've been looking forward to like, oh, you know, the the clock is ticking down when I need to start using that free Apple Arcade, uh, you know, right. promotional trial thing that uh, that came with purchasing my iPhone. So, all right, I'll, I'll go ahead and turn this on. I'll, I'll use the controller. And I was like, oh no, I've made a horrible mistake. <laughs> my Apple Arcade uh, usage mm. is, is, is ticking down while I'm waiting for the update to come out to iOS or macOS so I could play some of the, the games that have controller support. Interesting. I'm just reading here too that, that there's no haptic feedback. Um, I'm talking about you connecting a PS5 controller to a Mac or PC. There's no hack no haptic feedback um and uh the adaptive triggers are these triggers you can just gently squeeze on the ps5 that don't uh, don't work on the mac as well but uh these are these are uh, tough life choices my uh, my friend I yeah guess, it, you know? I, and i'm not surprised that the the fancy pants stuff that's in the newest mm-hmm. controllers wouldn't work because i just wouldn't guess the the mfi the MiFi. i'm sorry mfi mfi yeah. um program made, it's made for <laughs> made iPhone. for yeah it's because yeah. MiFi from verizon had me ah. thinking about that so the the mm-hmm. uh, the made for iphone program I, I, I would have been very surprised if they have any sort of expanded profile that goes into the specifics of what these controllers can do because I've, I've heard really yeah. cool things about sony's newest ps5 uh, controller um from from john syracuse's uh description of it i just wanted basic buttons like you know i press x x goes i press the directional yeah. pad directional pad goes the, these apple arcade games are not going to be incredibly complicated this isn't you know forza this isn't you know final fantasy uh or something it's just like dude i, I just I just want Sonic Racing to go left and right, <laughs> and I want to be able to press the gas with a button instead of pressing, you know, on right. screen keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Using, using the what is it? The I forgot the key commands. Is it? Uh... J K L I M was it was the right controller and then I forget what the I think um, W A S D is the traditional for the yeah. left hand yeah 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 and the space bar to fire right <laughs> those were the days my friend I thought they were gone but I guess they're back what are you gonna do yeah I I, I do know that I, I do hear again I'm not a huge gamer right but I do hear about people and in writing games a lot of tutorials I read are, are talking about using controllers with your with your games and how you how you write them and stuff like and gameplay kit and game yeah gameplay kit I believe does that support for these type of controllers as well but uh, that's a chapter that's not been written yet i guess in these books anywho all right um so yeah since we're at the second last day of the year we thought we would just take a quick look at the year that's passed and we've got these links here for inspiration but we haven't got them in any particular order um so why don't we just uh, pick something um from these and, and we've already talked about the 15 percent developer deal so we can cross that off the list right um let's, let's just go through some of the big stories from the year right what do you think pick one talk about it Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> what about Apple One? I'm looking forward to using Apple One to con- finally consolidate my accounts. I'm just waiting till my uh, middle of January. I think I'm going to tr- do it because I think my uh, Apple TV free subscription expires uh, February 1st, I believe. Um, so I'm still I'm still paying uh, separately on different like different Apple IDs for iCloud and for Apple iTunes and Apple Music. Um, even I both of my Apple IDs are in the same family, so at least I don't worry worry about not sharing the same content. 
But um, apparently, when when you uh, sign up for Apple One, you can choose which of the Apple One accounts you have is going to be the main the main uh, one. And I'm hoping to finally get down to the point where I have one bill from Apple <laughs> for all of my services. And and I'm going with the family version. I'm not going to go with the premier premier version, right? So no need for I don't at this point need any fitness stuff. And what's the other thing you get with um, news? I think it is with uh, yeah Apple arcade. One. Don't you get arcade? You get TV, music, news. You get fitness. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have it. With the free right now, um, since I'm not paying for Apple TV, I'm paying 14 something dollars a month between my uh, iCloud and my Apple Music, right? Um, I believe. Yes. I'm paying four bucks for iCloud and for the storage, and I'm paying 11 or 12 bucks for Apple Music. Um, and, and the sad part about it is, is that, you know, we have one, we've always sort of used one Apple ID, Carol and myself. So if, one, if Carol's usually out doing shopping and standing in lines waiting to get in the grocery store, she's listening to Apple Music, which means I can't listen to Apple Music at the same time because they only let you listen to one at a time. Um, yeah, so so I, I'll get Arcade even. So I'll get Apple Music, Apple TV Plus, iCloud, and I'll get Apple uh, Apple Arcade as part of that. Although, like I said before, I, I tried the Arcade, but it really didn't. I mean, that was like when it first came out. I really didn't see any reason to keep it. So, um, yeah. So individual is fourteen ninety five a month, and you get Music, TV Plus, Arcade, and iCloud for 50, 50 gigabytes of iCloud. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you use a couple of those, then it, it totally makes sense because music is ten bucks a month itself. Uh, iCloud is what two bucks or something like that for fifty, or is it one yeah. buck? I, I forget. It's 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 cheaper. I think yeah, ninety nine. Yeah, think, so yeah. It's, okay, so that's eleven bucks just for music, and iCloud is eleven bucks. Uh, TV Plus probably most people still have TV Plus for free, but once they start, if you want to pay for that, that's that's what five bucks or is that ten bucks? I don't remember anymore. I think, I think it's, it's four ninety nine or five dollars so, for, for but, either one. Yeah. But that puts you over the top or arcade, same deal. You know, if, so if you use music and cloud and one of the other two, then yeah, you're saving money. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, I just uh, signed up for the the you know the hey you you have a new iPhone activate Apple Arcade uh, for free here. I was like, all right, cool. And the thing that confused me at first was it showed me on the very next screen is like, hey, like you could actually save money given what we see that you have, and it saw that it had Apple Music, Salt on uh, Apple TV Plus, and it says, all right, and then plus iCloud, and you've got the uh, Apple Arcade you're about to activate. And they're quite right that if I literally kept all of those, it would be like $5 cheaper, I think, right. to go yeah. with the, the one tier. But I'm like, well, thank you, you know, Fancy Pants call to action UI, but I'm going to be dropping that Apple TV Plus relatively <laughs> soon here, and Apple Arcade would basically just be taking that place. So it really doesn't work until I have both of those in there. And I truly am saving the $5. So are you not going to renew Apple TV Plus is what, you're, what I'm hearing? No. Well, okay. so I, I have a thing in my settings app that tells me, hey, you bought a new Apple device, you can get Apple TV Plus for free for a year. And I'm like, mm, I bet I don't because I already took advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, no, you can't. You can't if you already have doubled it. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm probably going to end Apple TV Plus in February. I remember it was somewhere around the Academy Awards that I have a, a reminder yeah. on my calendar to tell me to, yeah. to cancel before the, the free subscription runs out. And yeah, no, that's definitely. And the same if you're on a family, if you if one of the people in the family had the Apple TV trial, Apple TV Plus trial, they, you can't buy it. Because I mean, I've bought like three devices that qualify for Apple TV Plus. But And you would think, you know, for what are we talking about, right? They should be able to roll it in. But anyway, so the other thing too I want to point out too, I don't, I don't know if you guys are probably on individual plans, but so Carol and I are on a family plan for iCloud. So we get 200 gigabytes of storage and we both have, you know, phones. So between, we each have, have around 80 gigabytes of photos and then, you know, so much for, for uh, uh, devices and stuff like that. But since we moved everything to iCloud, including the backup to the iCloud, we don't need as large a phone. 
like we're not storing stuff on our phones anymore. It's all up in the iCloud now, right? And we, you know, so pictures come down as you as you request them, and music and movies come down as you request them. Um, so we don't really need like so we could have bought like sixty four. In fact, I I just got a new phone. I just ordered a new phone from Rogers because one of ours died, and um, I'm getting an iPhone Pro, and I could have gone with a sixty four gig model because considering that I'm using iCloud for storage, right? So if you're on the family plan and you're getting two hundred gigabytes of storage, you know that may be enough to like you don't have to, to shell out the extra hundred bucks or whatever it is. And although it's, although it's only a hundred bucks, I mean, like I ended up buying, I ended up getting the the two fifty six gig model anyway because it was few dollars more. It wasn't really prohibitively more expensive, right? So that's another angle to having iCloud is if, you, if you're storing your data your data in the cloud, you don't need to have it on your phone, right? So and even more on if you go to the premier model, you get two terabytes of space. And I can't imagine what I would do with two terabytes of space on my iPhone, but I don't I don't carry that much stuff data around data around as it is. You, right? Can you even get two terabytes in your iPhone? Yeah, you can if you if the the next level up is two terabytes um, of iCloud. No, but no, if you go to the premier phone. plan, uh, yeah, on an ooh. iPhone, I don't know. I thought no, an iPad you can. I think I, I think there's a two terabyte iPad, but I don't think there is for a phone. Mm, gotcha. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You, yeah, to your point. Yeah, again, you know, why would you need why that? Would right? you? Well, yeah, if you do a lot of movie filming on your phone, right? That would right. be the only reason I would think. Right. Well, let's move on to the next thing here, which is the AirPod Max. We're just doing this alphabetically, I guess, or not really alphabetically. But so I've watched a few reviews on it. I haven't really got too deep into it, and I think we've. I think a little bit more has come light and. I think the the usual suspects that I would have suspected have gotten a pair seem to have gotten a pair. Um, what do you guys have? You guys got any more experience with the AirPods Max at all, or even thought about them? No, no personal experience, and I don't know of anybody who got some for for Christmas. So I can't even give you know second or third hand uh, anecdotal. Wow, Santa bought me five hundred dollar headphones. I'd be happy, but I'd rather want. I'd rather have a Mac Mini M1 to be honest with you, but <laughs> for that price, um, yeah. Well, I think I think friend of the show Joe must have got a pair because he was already already talking about the. His favorite, um, I forgot the name of the company now that makes the, the the cases that he likes out of New York. Um, they've already made a case for the iPod AirPod Max, which he was espousing about. So on Twitter, anyway, that's all I know. Yeah, I watched. Um, uh, is it MK, MKBHD did a couple of really good videos on his impressions um, of it, and it seems like it's it's pretty solid. Like I think he makes it really clear it's not going to be fitting the same job as as reference um, headphones. Like it's not meant for for that. Like it'll Oh, I wanted to slap this in here and get audio production. It's like, well, it's it's trying to do things to the audio to make it a more enjoyable experience for you if you're listening to music, if you're watching movies. It's not really meant for I need one to one reproduction of what is happening here. Uh, you know, listening to myself, you know, for the output that comes out as I give the input into the mic, sort of thing, right? It's definitely not meant for that. Uh, it does sound like they're they're pretty good. That they they compete pretty well. Uh, there is, of course, the the Apple uh, premium that you're paying for there, but other than the the bananas case that it comes with, um, it seems like it's it's pretty solid from my understanding of his, his reviews. Bananas case. Oh, Waterfield Designs is the uh, is the name of the company that. Uh, and there's an article here from Nine to Five Mac about them uh, from a few days ago, from Christmas Day actually. Um, they've got nice you know nice sort of suede and leather um, and nylony kind of canvasy looking stuff that fits that fits the headphones and the bananas case will also fit inside. Um, so I mean described it. So that's the people who are making the case for it if you're looking for such a thing to put around your head. I just wondered if anybody had seen it. I, I saw a pair that you can get a pair that somebody will... Um 
have them dipped in gold already for you, right? <laughs> so if you want your gold plated, uh, I think they're like, they were expensive. They weren't cheap. Hey, whatever happened with that Apple Watch edition that you were thinking of picking up? Um, I, the guy could never, he never did confirm that it in fact was a legit edition. Mm. And when, cause I asked him for the serial number and I would, you know, think, cause then I could check it and do a look up on it, right? Um, and he, it, from the pictures I looked at, looking at some of the, the writing on the bottom, it looked like a stainless steel um, bone or watch that had been um, had been coated in gold. So I don't think it was a legit Apple edition OG watch, right? Anyway, the other another big story this this year was the Epic lawsuit. I don't know where we've landed on that, other than other than uh, this fifteen percent uh, discount that we're all getting. But I guess Epic's not getting right. Epic is no, because they clearly That's right. they clearly make more than a million, than a million. per, per yep. year, right? Yeah, and the the lawsuit still continues. I haven't. I don't think there's been news, you know, these things don't move very fast. I'm sure they're in discovery phase and et cetera. But uh, what was it? We called it on the, the other episode, the uh, the lead pipe to the knees, to the kneecaps. <laughs> Definitely helped because yeah. Apple's position, at least, because you don't hear as many people backing Epic on this. It was like, oh, so so they're not helping the little guy. And now it's just two giants fighting over their share of the money, which is a lot less interesting to the common person. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I, I, wish I had half of their problems or maybe I don't wish I had half of their problems at all. Um, yeah. Somebody just posted uh, a picture of the Ramones and it says 20, 20, 24 hours to go. 24 hours I'll to see. go. Yeah. <laughs> 20, 20, 20, 24, 20 hours 24 hours to go. Hours to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Tom Morello from uh, Rage Against the Machine. That's pretty good. He's going to get a like from me for that one. Um, yeah. So, uh, th- I mean, I just watched, uh, I went back and watched the, the platform. I watched the, the, the 18 minute version of the WWDC keynote to see what was, was new and exciting in there. And then I watched the platform State of the Union again, you know, double speed, so I could sort of whip through it before we got into the show here. And I don't know if you guys remember or not, but they talked for about an hour of, you know, at least half of the show was just about the M1 or Apple Silicon. Oh, yeah. It was the big story, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, I remember us thinking at the time or wondering at the time, did they do that because it really was such a big deal in their minds? Or was it because they didn't have as much to talk about because people had been out? for so long because of covid and clearly you know the the apple silicon stuff had been in the works for a long time so it wasn't affected much by by the virus whereas other stuff that that was on a shorter time scale just might not have been ready they might have had to push it out and not release it so it's 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 hard to say yeah but for sure that was hugely uh uh dominant in in what they talked about at wwdc kind of surprisingly yeah and now that people have got them i'm seeing all kinds of you know reports on wonderful speed and stuff like that and um, you know, blow, uh, quick build times and things like that. So not it's not been a flop in any sense. I've not heard any any bad press or any bad reports from people online about it. Have you guys heard anything? Yeah, there there were one or two little glitchy things that I heard about that every once in a while you'd hear about someone had some some issue. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Some of them were getting bricked for in some update or something like that. But you know that happens all the time anyway. So I don't know that we can say it's you know, specifically about the M1. But yeah, from from all reports the performance is just as amazing as promised it really is amazing right yeah 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 i mean looking forward to getting one myself um i'm sort of surprised you don't have one yet oh i do have the i do have the developer kit version yeah. but uh it sort of hits it 
sits under my desk and I don't even I forget it's there half the time uh, to be honest with you <laughs> um, but yeah I think I'm probably going to pick one up I'm just waiting to see what happens in the new year with uh, if there's going to be any sort of announcement around uh, the Pro versions right the MacBook Pro versions um, but yeah I might I might pick up a small Air or something like that at some point but I'm just debating on you know I'm just putting together some money and you know, collecting my you know gift cards from uh, from my Apple gift cards from Christmas and things like that you know to cover some of the costs but yeah at some point pretty sure I'll get one all right uh, for me you know the big news thing was was the uh, idea that you could build an, an a Swift UI app by adding by getting rid of the app delegate they basically made the uh, the ability to have a Swift UI based app be a first class citizen um, which is kind of cool so it means that you know you can build it quickly build a, uh, an app that and you know it's basically using the same sort of uh, mostly MVVM model that uh, Apple sort of adopted with Swift UI um, and you know rolling combine into it makes it super cool for sort of reactive programming so um, I started using some Swift UI inside of some of my Swift apps as well as um, I think I, I mentioned to you guys I have a, an app that's written in Objective C has some has had had some Swift added to it and I'm writing an, uh, an app uh, what do you call it, an applet uh, in Swift UI for it right so kind of a three-headed monster right <laughs> and it's been pretty pretty smooth developing that right yeah so this this didn't, didn't really surprise you though that they had this new Swift UI apps right because it was kind of a natural um, evolution no I mean it was I mean it was good that they did I mean it would seem to me like you know um, Swift UI was going to be dependent on like you know when when Swift first came along four years ago five years ago um, we still were carrying along a lot a lot of Objective C right mm-hmm. um, you know at first right there was a lot of the frameworks were still in Objective C and you had to you know the have the the at obj objc handler and stuff like that in your Swift if you were calling methods that had to be looked at by Swift by Objective C but um, uh, yeah I don't know I, I just I just just thought the app delegate was going to sort of be the you know the main function that's in there would be the sort of the starting point for most apps right and uh, I think this is just what they've done here is they've taken you know Swift UI and they've they've um, what do you call it um, abstracted that away to make that you know something you can do I didn't think that they I hadn't really thought that they could or would or did so I was actually delighted when they did that did do that right so personally so yeah I guess I was surprised <laughs> yeah to me I mean it was sort of it, it was in- inevitable that it was coming because the way that the the first generation worked was was such an, a UI kit approach with the UI hosted controller uh, and you still needed a UI window and all that right it was still it was still built on top of UI kit so to me it was just yeah they that was the next logical step is if they're trying to phase out UI kit which I'm still not 100 percent sure they are but but in the in the Swift UI silo of Apple <laughs> they are <laughs> so so to me it made sense it was just sort of kind of the next uh, the, the the next logical step but yeah but it's a good thing yeah I'm, I'm very happy to see the evolution and the the dog fooding part of this that's coming out of Apple that's always good you know there's things that we look at occasionally from time to time of uh, uh, them using it themselves that's always a good sign right it means that the 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 bugs and the edge cases will be fixed or sooner rather than later yeah for sure and speaking of uh, things that are coming out so we've also got lidar on the list here that the iPad pro that came out in the beginning of the year had the lidar sensor um, along with the Apple magic keyboard and all that kind of stuff and uh, so you know that kind of had a you know limited bit of uh, usage but now the uh, the pro phones have come out with lidar sensors as well so that you can have things like um, the UD 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 I said American way UDZ support um, you know so you could have an object you know in, in an AR environment that will map you map your room and then you put the object in the room that's kind of an interesting use case so mm-hmm. um, and you know using using it for things like measuring the room and things like that which is kind of cool so you can you know we all from time to time are re- retrofitting our houses or designing things or decorating 
decorating or you want to see if that couch is going to fit in that corner of the room kind of thing, you can do that now with, with uh, apps like this, the IKEA app and scanning your room with the LiDAR sensor. Right? Yeah, it, it's so weird because I, I can't complain about it in terms of being effective because it is. Uh, it, it certainly makes AR stuff seem a little snappier and faster. Um, it certainly seems like it's added some realism there. I just don't know that I've seen the the killer app for it yet. So I'm, I'm excited for the future of like, all right, once Apple sees that enough devices are out there in the wild that have this, what will they do with it sort of thing? And then, yeah. and then therefore, what will the, the industry end up doing? And they're not using it. You don't think they're using it for, for their photography stuff, like to sort of... Oh, sure, sure. You know, for their bokeh sort of effects and, you know, because they can measure where objects are in the room and decide what to focus on. And I haven't really played around the camera much, but yeah. In that, in that case, it's more additive, which is not something I'm complaining about. To be really clear, it's, it's definitely better. I'm just hoping for, oh, here is this mind-blowing thing that would not have been doable before, that wouldn't have been practical before without LiDAR helping the way. Well, you have the iPhone 12 Pro, right? I do. Yeah, I do too. I'm using one right now but as well. But Mark, are you using yours day-to-day or is it still sitting on your desk kind of thing? Uh, I use it day-to-day, but yeah. I don't leave the house much. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no, like I'd have to explicitly try to do dark photography. There's no, oh, we're, we're out yeah. with buddies and we're going to take a really good photo even in the in the dark corner because, you know, of, mm-hmm. of the phone. It's like, well pretty well lit in my house so <laughs> right yeah but yeah i never actually i'm just i'm just got my camera underneath my desk right now because i've never actually tried to take a picture in the dark with it exactly because you'd have to go out of your way and do you find yourself taking a lot of pictures now that we're locked down um well i mean i take pictures when i'm walking my dog and, and okay. i use my my phone i use the, the camera on my phone a lot for for um documentation purposes like you know capturing serial numbers and stuff like that. but i i just put the the phone under just held it underneath the dark part of my desk and it's taking a picture as if it's a pretty well lit um, scene. You know, this is an iPhone 12 Pro, and, and you know, my naked eye can't see as well as this, the camera just took the picture in terms of how bright it's made. The, the you you wouldn't you wouldn't know that it was a darkened. That I was holding the camera under the desk where it's dark, right? So interesting stuff. But you yeah, know, I, I, do, I have taken. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. As you can say, to Mark's point, I just looked at my um, Photos app, little photo stream, mm-hmm. and 2020s just you know before you reach 2019 is really quick and, and yeah. fast to get to, yeah. and then you go through. Yep. 2020 takes forever. Sorry, 29 takes forever. 2018 takes forever to get to 2017. So yeah, I've definitely taken far fewer photos this year than compared to years past. Really? Oh no, I they'd all be I, the I same. Just... I mean, maybe you like are, are better yeah. at uh, taking photos of your dog or the the interesting surrounding <laughs> areas that you take your dog to. I take my dog on roughly the same trips. That <laughs> after three four times of that, I wouldn't have any new new angles. Yeah, I suppose it's true. I mean, you know, I, I do I do use my my camera a lot. You know, um, but then, you know, like, you know, we're working on the house. I take pictures of parts of the house and I've got pictures of like, you know, people coming to visit me on the front lawn and, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And, and you know, I went to the liquor store the other day and want to show Carol what different ciders they have there. So I take a picture of the ciders, you know, kind of thing. Right. So, but you're right. I, I to be honest with you, I haven't really been very far myself. I, you know, walk the dog once a day and that's pretty much my, my entire vitamin D, you know, taking in. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess, I guess I probably would have taken more pictures when I was out and about than I do now, right? Sure. Anywho. Well, of course, we had four, iOS 14 came out this year as well, and we had a number of things here. The app library, I have questions. Are you guys running iOS 14 on your phones yet? Mm-hmm. You are, yes. Right? yes. So this app library thing, why is it way the hell over on the right-hand screen? I mean, like, I've gotten rid of, I used to have, like, probably eight pages of oh, apps. Oh, yeah, it's I pretty got inconvenient rid of, to get there, which means I never use I it. I got 
yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got rid of I got rid of like um, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you're editing the screen, you can hit the little the page navigator at the bottom, and you can you can just enti- hide entire pages of apps. Um, but I, I basically put all my apps into fold all into folders, and yeah. So I very I very rarely go over to that app library. I just don't understand why they put it way over there. Why there's no sort of quick uh, access to it, right? Yeah, they should have. I don't know. Maybe put something in the dock or put it on the uh, on the search screen on the left. You know, when you go left or something like that. Some access to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I, for me, I mean, I, I, you know, I had completely forgotten it was there until you mentioned it. Actually, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. no, no. I, I I'm not sure how far this is. So, so my first screen is taken up by two widgets, which I guess we'll talk about in a bit for 14. The second screen is um, sort of the main primary apps I use on a very, very frequent basis, including two smaller widgets. My third screen is like the next sort of tier of apps. And then the fourth sort of area is the app library for me. So it's, it's not very far for me, but I, I don't go into this very often unless I'm like, oh, I know there was an app I was looking for. What was it called? I can't even search for it because I, I need the, the reminder of the image, you know, of the, of the app icon itself or like the category to help me remember. Otherwise, I would just pull down and search for it, which is probably the most common case for apps that are not uh, not on my home screen but are still on the device. Does this not match your guys' usage? So swiping from the swiping from the left or swiping you know left to right brings the widget screen up. I never go to the widget screen to be honest with you. Oh, I do it all the if time. I do, it's, if, I, if I do, it's by accident. Well, maybe we'll talk about widgets you use there, but um, like I've got my main screen, and like my main screen has probably changed very little in the last ten years because I still have you know the apps in the order that Apple gave them to me, and then I've added a few that I use every day. And of course, it's changed quite a bit since I'm not commuting anymore. Um, and I've got like a couple of folders on here. Like I put all my Apple stuff into one folder so I can get to it. Stuff I, the Apple stuff I don't use. And then the second page is is just completely folders with like minimum you know six apps in each each folder. Right. Some of them are like a couple of pages deep. And then there's stragglers on the next two pages because I, w- I was reading an article by a friend of mine who was showing how to sort of organize the the apps uh, the app screens. Right. And I got rid of two like three or four different screens. And and like I said, I probably would use the app library more if it was if it sort of came up easier than it does. Um, because 99% of the time when I'm looking for an app, I, I'm on the home screen and I swipe down in the middle of the screen and I, and I start searching for an app, right? And the Siri suggestions are pretty good because it generally, by the time of day, knows what I'm I'm looking for. So like on my on my iPad, it always brings up WebEx or brings up Teams or brings up Outlook because I'm generally working, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. And I don't... So, okay, let's talk about the widget screen because, I mean, I don't have any widgets on my home screen, on my phone, right? And I very rarely go to the, the widget screen on... Um, swiping to the left. So what are you guys doing with widgets? What's your I actually life? lied. I don't go to the widget screen. I go to the search screen that I was that you were talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Oh, naming so the I naming don't... of like what is this thing that I'm in this audio only medium is challenging. Yes, I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and but you can also like like on that in that same thing if I'm if I want to do something with a, a picture, I'll go in and I'll just search for image and then it'll give me suggestions of what apps work with images, right? So, as an example, that's kind of sort of how I've been finding apps for the last 2 years, right? Cuz I've just got too many apps on my phone. But um, what about you, Hamid? I mean, so you, you're using widgets on your home screen. What do you got on there? Yeah, so my first sort of screen here um, is, is... First of all, how do you get a widget on your home screen? Uh, if you long press in some open area that's not covered by an app, you'll get the little jiggle mode, but there'll be a plus in the upper left-hand oh, corner. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, <laughs> for somebody like me who didn't use the beta, I had to go... It, it's definitely not intuitive. I had to go look up some YouTube videos on how to do this the very first time I fired up my new iPhone. Um, yeah, so my, my first two widgets 
widgets. Uh, I have the large view of the uh, the weather app, which gives me you know the five day one two three yeah five day forecast, current conditions, and then you know what the next few hours look like. And then a smaller but still pretty large. I think it's the two side by side because you know these these use up like little bricks, right? So like the large one is one two three four four sort of widget bricks <laughs> standard widget units size for the count the uh, sorry not the calendar the weather app and then the calendar for google calendar is the one that i have as a two up because that's okay. what will fit mm. underneath so that shows me like as soon as i wake up what does my day look like you know i'm looking for weather for walking the dog and how many different kinds of rain are we going to get today in the seattle area and then the calendar for what meetings do i have going on today that makes sense my second screen is the other screen that has two smaller widgets it's the the two smallest widgets sizes that you can get, which is you're visualizing it's roughly the size of what four app icons would take. I have one app called uh, Sticky Widgets, which is basically like a post-it note on your screen. So I use that for here's the thing I need to remind myself to do. It's kind of near term, but not uh, not something that I would have a, a, a reminder for that needs very specific timing. It's kind of more like the post-it notes you would put on your refrigerator, if that makes sense. Uh, the other one I have is a smart, uh, was it smart? stack, which has two widgets, one for deliveries. I use the deliveries app to keep track of stuff coming from Amazon or gift packages and stuff. And widget wizard, which has a whole bunch of various different kinds of things. I'd like using the uh, calendar countdown, which earlier this year was leading down to major events like uh, conferences that I was speaking at or projects that I had uh, coming up due. In this case, it's down to New Year's Day, which is one day and four hours from now. So that gives me sort of a contextual overview of what's going on. I haven't gone very deep into widgets. There's all sorts of really cool stuff that people are going out of their way to make completely custom home screens that don't even look like iPhones, which is kind of interesting. Uh, And the recent updates to the way that shortcuts work seems to have made that uh, more seamless where it it doesn't have a little weird sort of hiccup when you tap on something that's now a custom app icon. Uh, People wanted, you know, like Christmas boxes or anime girls or whatever it is that like, this is your, you know, this is your Facebook app or this is your mail app icon. It's this literal different. I, I think we might have talked about the Windows 95 or 98 uh, custom view that people did. I was going to say you've got Metro on the front screen of your iPhone, right? That was that interface that, that Microsoft, Microsoft came out yeah. with for yeah, Windows. It, it's, it's, it's kind of like the live tiles uh, concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. You've just broken your iPhone. No, I mean, so that's that's your first view of your phone when you pick it up? or That being what? The, the first thing that I, I have is the calendar sort of w- this widget, widget world yeah big calendar widget for you know what is what does the weather conditions look like now what does it look like for the next yeah. few hours and then the next few days and then a yeah. what are the like two or three i'm not sure i don't have really as you might imagine while i'm on on vacation right now i don't have many things on my calendar so i think this widget right. from google normally shows probably two or three different events coming up this morning like, as like meetings and stuff like that or yeah yeah exactly okay right i've got google calendar integrated so i have both my my personal events as well as work events of like let's say like one particular day might be oh i've got this you know this meeting at 9 a.m and then i need to go drop the dog off at the vet for his checkup and then you know uh some lunch event or something so that it kind of helps me like a dashboard right we've, we've talked about how these these widgets kind of turning into your 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 mac os dashboard if you remember right. that space thing yeah. right like which i never used yeah 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 like i used it <laughs> for like a very small amount of times like no forget it like it's mm. not like a thing but it seems more useful for my usage on on ios 
this, right? Of like, I have very limited space visually here. I kind of need something to give me context versus, you know, I'm looking yeah. at my, my, uh, my MacBook Pro is connected to a 4K monitor. I think it's a 4K monitor. So I've got tons of space where I can just leave stuff up all the time, right? Yeah. Well, my iPad, I have three widgets on my, the iPad, but actually four, I guess, because the ones that came with it, one tells me the time and date. It's got one's the news head one, headline, headline one, and one's a single view of a calendar, and the other one is a single view of the weather, right? So, and I'd never look at them, to be honest with you. I don't even know why they're on the screen, because I mean, you know, there's so much space on the, on the iPad that, you know, I've got application icons here, but yeah, there's not much, you know, I, I generally, I usually pick up a device and go in with a purpose in mind. I don't necessarily need to look at it and, you know, have it remind me of things like that, I guess. I don't know, different, different, different stuff. And it, you know, my, my work day when I'm working, I'm off this week, but when I'm working, it's, it's pretty routine in terms of when my standups are and that kind of stuff, right? So pretty much my whole morning is just, you know, one meeting after the other, but they're always the same meetings, right? So anyway, that's okay. Cool. Have you guys thought about building any widgets or, or applets at all in since it came out on iOS 14? Have you gone down that road at all or even thought about it? Not really. No. no. Uh, it seems like kind of a cool thing to do, but I just haven't, I don't know, it just hasn't jumped out at me as something I must do. Yeah, I mean, and that was the push this year after they got finished with all the M1s or the Apple Silicon stuff. They they dove into widgets. That was a big highlight of, of Apple's uh, work. And then the other one was, was the applet thing, which which is the, we haven't really talked about yet on this show, but it's, you know, the, the idea that you can build a small feature of your app uh, to let people try out the app without having to actually download the full thing, right? So, and you have you guys thought about any application for that at all, or? Yeah, I've, I've, I've had one that I haven't sat down and, and planned out, but it would be very, very specific to my needs. And I know folks are going to say, hey, there's like, you know, insert 5 million apps here that do something similar. Like, for example, probably Duolingo. In this case, it would be very specific to learning the Japanese writing system, starting with the right. basics of like mm. hiragana and katakana. And then maybe if I got good enough of those where I could just like my ABCs, I can just rem- you know, remember what those look like immediately. That might be useful. Like every, again, very similar use case of like, I wake up in the morning, I see what the, the weather is like. I see what my calendar looks like. I would like to have a widget that's like, here is randomly selected character. You have to identify what it is. And if I can't identify what right. it is while well, I've right. just woken up and sleepy, then obviously I've not internalized it, right? And, and then, you, then you can't use your phone unless you know what that character is. It'll force you to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that would be a yeah. very specific need. It's, it's kind of like getting like a flash card or a cue card, like right in your face in the morning of what is this thing? I would say mentally, okay, this is what I think it is. And I could just tap and then the app just shows like, you know, this is what it is, right? So it's, it would all be completely self-contained. There wouldn't need to be any analytics. There wouldn't need to be any, uh, heck, you don't even need core data, right? This could just, there's only so many characters. It could literally just be a flat file, like a P list or something. Yeah. yeah. So well, you just reminded me of, of an app that, that, that I, um, I got a while ago and I just, I just put it back called Chinese Flash. And that would be a cool, because that's the same sort of idea as you want to, you want to study the characters, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that would, I think that's kind of sort of what you're looking for, right? I wonder if it has a, a widget or maybe not. I mean, it's out there. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if, if you are listening to this show and you have this kind yeah. of app, if you make that sort of widget, I guarantee you will have at least one person who will use that <laughs> and talk about it on this show. Free, free yeah. promotion for you. I guarantee you just hit us up. Hashtag ask MTJC on, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. See, that would be a perfect, op- perfect opportunity for these Chinese flash guys to, I'm just scrolling through my widgets. No, they don't have it, but that, that would be a good application right there. Right. Cause that's the same sort of idea. It's like, if you want, if you're interested in learning Chinese, that's why I grabbed the app. It was not that I'm, I was interested in how the app works. Right. But you know, the idea behind, you know, learning a new language would be kind of a cool sort of, here's the word of the day kind of thing. You 
even if you want to learn English, right? Because, I mean, you know, there's the whole word of the day thing that people have done in their lives, right? Yeah, I actually think that would have been a very useful thing, too. When I was, I tried to learn Mandarin Chinese a few years back, and I got, you know, I, I got okay at the spoken part, but never got anywhere with the characters. It's just too many characters, not enough time to, to, to memorize them all. You know, you can't get anywhere with knowing 10 characters. You need hundreds of characters. So, so I never got anywhere with it. But that might have been a useful thing. Well, even even if you're learning like a, another Latin language too, like French or Spanish or something, mm-hmm. Portuguese, whatever, right? Cool. Another thing I've got here on the list here is picture and picture video on the iPhone. Have you guys ever found any use for that? I've or? never even used it. No. <laughs> I, I haven't. I've accidentally triggered it and I'm not even sure what. It's probably like Vimeo yeah. or something, um, possibly. Yeah, YouTube maybe. Yeah. Well, if I'm using YouTube, I'm probably using the app and not the web version, not the Safari version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think yeah. you're right that I might have done it from from Safari because I don't think Google is able to prevent them from doing that. But I am a moocher and I don't pay for for YouTube and I don't have YouTube Premium, YouTube Rabbit, or anything. Like that. Oh, yeah, and they do yeah. not let you do that in the app itself. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, okay. yeah. So it's, oh, in the iPad app, you can you can get uh, picture in picture on YouTube. Yeah. If I'm if I well if I'm watching a video and I and I want to see other things, like I want to go back to the main menu. I can have a, I've got a video. I just did it right now. You just pull down from the top of the screen and it goes into the lower right hand corner, and then and it can continue to play while you scroll through the rest of your your feed and your library and all. Oh that yeah, so that's within the app though. You couldn't like go over to Twitter. Oh, but and if I leave, if I leave the app, you mean it doesn't? Oh, yeah, because uh, you're talking about the picture in a picture that lets you like go to your home screen and continue to yeah. watch a video, right? Yeah, I think yeah, I think that means like if you're watching Apple TV or something like that. Let me call up Apple TV here. Oh, that might have been what I did. What I did it with then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm watching a, a Wonder Woman or something like that, which share let's hit play. So in during the pandemic, I don't watch a whole lot of video on my phone <laughs> or yeah, even yeah, my yeah. iPad. It's mostly on my TV because I'm home, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just going, oh, it went away. Where'd you go? Ah, I tried. <laughs> anyway, um, the, I'm calling this Siri Mini, but I don't know if you've noticed or not, but on your phone, when your phone rings, you don't get the full screen blocked by the phone anymore. It's now just like a little, uh, like a little toast image or a banner image at the top of the screen. And the same with Siri. When you when you invoke Siri, you don't get the whole screen taken over by Siri. You just get the little, little bobble in the bottom, right? Um, what do you guys think about that sort of idea? Sort of like not taking over our phones and devices with, with these other outside experiences like Siri and phone calls and stuff. No comments? It's a nice quality of life thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's simultaneously yeah. a, a a finally that people might, might say sarcastically. And at the same time for me, and this might just be 100% a me problem, it also takes me longer to realize that a phone call is coming in because I've had years, almost a decade of, oh, if it's a phone call, which for me tends to have some some urgency uh, or importance, it doesn't take over the entire screen. And if it doesn't take over the entire screen, it therefore is less important or urgent. So I just right. sort oh, of I look see, at yeah. it for a second or two. It's like, what is this notification? Oh, that's a phone call. I better answer that, right? So that that's just a me thing. I'm sure, you know, after a couple years, I'll, I'll get used to it and understand how to mentally interpret it. But right now, my my muscle memory is not working effectively because of this change. Right, right, right. Cool. By the way, I, I did manage to get the picture in picture working. I'm now looking. I've got Wonder Woman playing on one screen, and then I've got the Safari and another <laughs> overlaid. Wait, so that means it's coming out of like the H... Oh, wait, you're not using HBO Max. This I'm is through Apple, Apple TV. I had to pay $30 to watch this movie. Sorry, I forgot today. about that. It, it, <laughs> you're it's watching it as many times as you can. iTunes. Exactly. I'm just going to let it play. Yeah for like the next 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Anyway, yeah, cool. And and the last thing I have here is the the uh, BMW dongle that you can get for your your new iPhone as well. Remember that one from the so WWDC? You can start your car with the phone. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah. I think that was when Jaime's comment at the time was it was like uh, the most expensive dongle for you can get for your iPhone. Yeah, it it easily outclasses the previous contender, which I think. Oh wait, for your iPhone, for your iPhone in particular. Well, it was just well, it's a stand for your 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 uh, Pro display, right? Yeah, that's not for the iPhone, but I guess you know most expensive dongle you could buy. Was definitely the thousand dollar uh, aluminium stand. Yeah. 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 So I, I do yes. not own a BMW, much less the newest one. So I, I do not have the capability of, of trying that out. Does, does anybody on the panel have uh, friends or uh, family no. that have let you try this out? <laughs> no, no. So is it just you could unlock your car and start your car with your phone? Is that the idea? Or your watch, I guess? Yeah. And yeah. and I remember that I think BMWs had the, the charging pad in there as well. So it was effectively replacing the, the key fob that you would have that again in a lot of modern cars you don't actually insert into any keyhole or turn on any starters like you you push a button because the the key fob is in your pocket inside right, the right. car cool. all right and then the ipad os a couple of new things we had come out was sidebar and if you guys played around any apps that use sidebar I've actually played around with it quite a bit from a development point of view it's pretty cool actually uh yeah it's not perfect you know there's some weirdness to it like you can't ever dismiss you can't ever hide the uh the middle one if you have the first one show oh really yeah yeah it's a little bit weird it's not completely intuitive but it's kind of a cool thing it works well works nicely so does that work with the split view controller or, or it is part it, yeah it is you... it is the split view controller when okay. you init a, a split view controller you just you give it a a type you know is it double column or triple column oh, okay yeah. right yeah because i've got my i have my my split view controller app here that i, I haven't added any sort of sidebar support yeah. so i don't know what i would so, do to do that well right? so by default you have you have it i think right if, if you it's a double column i believe yeah yeah if you just have an old yeah so i've got the the the, the main the, the main detail we've got the detail view and i've got the, the main view right. here in this right. app right i know the app the apple mail app has it now right because you can go where's my mail yeah app? you can go um yeah you can pull all the mailboxes out as well as have the main yeah one. i mean it's no, it's a nice thing it's it's not as big of a deal as apple made it up to be <laughs> as right, usual okay. you know but but it's cool yeah, yeah yeah and uh i guess you guys don't have apple pencils i have an apple pencil so you can't haven't tried i do you, have, have an you apple tried pencil. Scribble? I've tried Scribble. Yeah, wait, tried Scribble? actually, Scribble works great. Scribble works great. Yeah. yeah. Have you used it a lot or just in filling in forms and stuff like that, or filling out web forms and things? i got to be honest, I've mainly used it just in testing it out and trying it out. I haven't really no. used it much in, in for real. Um, yeah. There's just not that many times where I have a need for that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason I use my my um, pencil is when I'm working in Photoshop or something like that, right? I don't really use it. I use it more as a graphics tablet as opposed to uh, writing with it. I mean, I'd love to be able to write on my, my thing, but I mean, since I've got this magic keyboard, I mean, it, it, the iPad pretty much stays connected to the keyboard all, all day long kind of thing and I very rarely take it off and use it as an iPad per se yeah. right actually but one thing I, I do guess, use I the, the uh, pencil for quite a bit is making sketches in notes and then sending them oh yeah. yeah that's actually quite a useful thing yeah so mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's not new capability uh, for me like the scribble you all were talking about but I do as not an artist predominantly use my pencil yeah. as a whiteboard yep. uh, marker for mm-hmm. my iPad yep. I'm just going to grab my pencil here like if you start drawing a square does it fix your squares 
No, it became an end. It does. Well, you can set it to. It doesn't automatically. Right. Uh, I think. Yeah, because I think that when with that um, app that I had, uh, Paper used to do yeah. that, right? It had this sort of smart, maybe mm-hmm. smart pencil. Yeah, it would recognize if you were trying to make a triangle, a square, or a circle and make them perfect for you. If you got reasonably close to identifying what it was. Try I'm Scribble, it says. It, I'm not doing that. Maybe it doesn't. Scan. I don't use it for scanning at all. My notes. Yeah, no. yeah I'm just badly drawing things here on the screen and um, not fixing them. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. You know, as, as somebody who hasn't worked in a physical office in quite some time, I hadn't thought about all of these different OCR type capabilities that iOS and I guess places like Dropbox are trying to push. Um, how they right. would work for like, okay, imagine you're in an office, you've done a whole bunch of whiteboard stuff with your crew. Normally it's like, okay, well, let's take a screenshot or sorry, take a photo and then send that image, you know, put it in a document or put it in Slack or email or something to share. I've never actually tried using the, you know, scan this item sort of <laughs> stuff for that, but it probably would work pretty good because they'll often do optical character recognition. They'll often do de-skewing and cleaning up of stuff and mm-hmm. boggles the mind that I haven't thought to do it. Maybe because the last time I worked in an office, all this stuff wasn't as practical and easy as it is now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd be, I gotta say, I'm, I'm pretty impressed that while you were talking, I just took wrote a couple of notes here in, in Scribble and, and the handwriting recognition has come a long way since my Newton or even since uh, my uh, Apple Pencil experience or my um, Paper by 53 experience, right? So, and, and Nemo. Nemo was another app we tried out before. It was pretty good. Actually, give, give it more, more, more of a try. All right. I guess the next the next subject we have here on our year year in review is tracking. You know, the privacy stuff that Apple's been doing. Have you guys seen any any? I've seen people online talk about you know in their seeing their privacy comments or privacy statements in the App Store, but I've not seen any for my apps. Have you guys seen any of those privacy um, things that Apple said we would get? So I I you got know, an announcement yeah. saying it was now turned on on my phone, but I haven't gotten any announcements any notifications yet which I, I think is good <laughs> so yeah well, that was the question I had so how do you how do you know it's on or off I guess that's the, the part I wasn't sure about in the settings right this is in pri- in the privacy settings right in your phone oh, I, I may not have that turned on unless it's on by default tracking okay here it is here so so it's allow apps to request to track I'm not sure am I allow apps to ask permission to track you so if it's not on does that mean I'm protected or I'm not protected I don't understand so I read this I'm assuming you searched for tracking and then it says literally allow apps to request to track and then mine happens to have the switch on so right i interpret that statement to mean yes go ahead and allow apps to request to track otherwise right. you would be protected if you turn it off and then see what happens which I, I just turned mine off to see what will happen well it says here allow apps to ask permission to track you across apps and websites owned by other companies apps that don't ask permission may still track you may still try to track you it doesn't <sighs> apple requires app developers to ask for permission before they track you on your device or whatever. I guess, yeah, I interpret it as they have to ask me to, this is similar to share your, your crash information with the developer, right? Um, you, you have to, you have to opt into that, right? Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, here it is. When you decline to give permission for an app to track you, the app is prevented from accessing your device's advertising identifier. App developers are responsible for ensuring they comply with your choices. So I don't understand. Like, like it, it's not to me. It's unclear as a user whether I'm supposed to check this on or leave it off. And we can ask our listeners to tell us what they think or know about this. It's unclear to me, and you guys don't know, right? I'm going. I don't know exactly how this works. So I apologize, but I'm going into sort of the usual. Sub- 
suspects of Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> and Facebook, and none of those are triggering a pop-up. So I don't know what that means now that I have the allow tracking to off. Like, but I have yeah, to get a I've new app nothing. and then, and then like, hey, this thing wants to track you. Allow, deny. Is that what I would get? I don't know. Wait, is that even, uh, there was a delay on, on that being in, enforced, right? It was December 8th was the deadline, apparently. But is that for like new versions of apps? Is it new apps? Like there's usually like different tiers of that, right? Yeah. Because I have seen the 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 privacy nutrition labels in the App Store. Folks have, no, I haven't seen those either. That's what I was asking. Oh, about, really? Right? So, okay. So like I just opened up the App Store. I hit games. Doodle Jump 2 is the first thing I see. I scroll all the way down and there is data used to track you. The following data may be used to track you across apps and websites owned by other companies. Data not linked to you. I see the those as information in the app store itself, but I'm not seeing the, like, I've not seen oh, any of the, the pop-ups sort of thing. That's what you were talking about, Tim. I thought you were talking about the COVID tracking stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> the contact tracing, where if you've been near someone who, who uh, has yeah, a, no, oh, no, okay. That. That's why I was saying, I, I think it's a good thing that I never got any. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah, question that. it because it was, to me, is a good statement, even for the advertising tracking, which is what right. we're, <laughs> we're talking about here. But yes, it was in Washington State, maybe like a month ago, I think, finally got into the COVID tracing stuff. So I was finally able to turn that on. And I'm also happy that I've not gotten any notifications yeah. and I also have very rarely gone yeah. out. So yeah, that's, I'm that's kind of not surprised. Yeah. What was the name of the app that you said you saw the the notification? Doodle? Doodle Jump 2? Jump? Or Jump 2. Okay, here we go. I'll go to that one. And that's not to pick on them. I mean, I could choose, uh, let's see, it just Board Game Night, Monopoly. All right, let's see where it shows the App Store. Yeah, see, I'm not getting, the, I'm the, I don't get the nutrition label on this one. If you scroll all the way, uh, for me, I'm looking what am I looking at? Monopoly is what I'm looking at. It has ratings and reviews, what's new, in-app purchases, and then app privacy is a new section before information like, uh, you know, who's the seller, what's the size in megabytes, what's the category and stuff. You're not seeing those? No. Interesting. I get, I get, so I go from, I go from, um, so I'm seeing, I see preview and then I see ratings and reviews and I see what's new, in-app purchases, and then I see information. Interesting. Are you on iOS 14.3? Yeah, I think so. Let me see what version I'm on. I think that's what I'm on. Great question. Yeah, this iPhone is yeah, on 14.3. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm on 14.03 cuz cuz uh not 03.3. No, 14.3. Oh, I'm on 14.2.1. Let me try my iPad. I thought I updated this already. Huh. Yeah, it's that that might be I, I remember specifically when that came out. Unless they're rolling that out store by store and are you looking at a Canadian store for, for your device? Oh, look at that. My iPad's not on. I thought could have sworn I'd already updated these two devices. What do you know? Hmm. All right. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about Big Sur. Have you guys played around with Big Sur at all or, or using it at all? Or? Nope. nope. I have not. And I was just about to when the auto-updater problem okay. came out. I said, no, no, no. I think I will just wait oh. until things settle down a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I say latest, but I lost track of time. It's probably been a couple of weeks now that, that that's been a thing. Oh, when you first were, we were, first weren't able to download. I got to gotta hide this. Uh, Did they fix it? I, I knew it was broken uh, for some time, and I don't know if they pushed out a fix uh, using yeah, other means to get things to work again. There, there was some minor version of Big Sur that was broken. Well, I, when it first released, it was hard to get. Is that, maybe that's what you're talking about. The server had a DNS issue or something? No, th- this was like literally the auto-updater code was broken in some version where it was, oh. uh, I'm going to get this wrong, but you know, I'm paraphrasing here, like, oh, it's supposed to be checking for version uh, uh, what is it, like 16.1.1, oh, right. yeah. yeah. and in fact, it's asking for 16.01, and it's like, oh, well, you've already got that, so yeah. 
I'm not going to give you the new thing. It's like, oh no, it's the worst possible thing that could happen. That the auto updater code is broken. And how do you now update people? Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm using I'm using Big Sur. I've been using it for months. Uh, I've been using it for like a month or so on my my main machine too. It's it's I have it on one of my work machines too. And um, you know, Outlook has updated a lot of. It's funny. I've noticed a lot of um, uh, dialog boxes from from app updates are already having the rounded you know look on them, even though they're running on Mojave. Like one password has the rounded off buttons and stuff like that on Mojave, even though it's a Big Sur look and feel, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder how the app developer implemented that. So are they yeah, using custom cool. backgrounds for everything? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're doing that as a transitional thing, like uh, uh, iOS 7 to 6, 6 to 7. Hmm. Yeah, looking at my dock and seeing various kinds of icons is a little weird. Transition period, yeah. All right, cool. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I think I don't know what I can tell you much about Big Sur, but uh, I mean, was anything you know? I, I mean, it's pretty performant. I mean, I haven't had any issues with it, um, other than you know, nice look and feel and that kind of stuff. But uh, I haven't had, had I haven't had any surprises uh, so far with it. Been pretty good. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, so we we had, we all experienced the first online WWDC, and I guess you know, I think all the events this year, um, the September event as well, was was also online. What do you? What what do you guys think about those? Well, I thought it was, you know, given the circumstances, it was good. It was, it was actually, there were there were some nice things. Uh, the fact that the videos were all uh, produced, right, rather than just being live and then edited after, was actually kind of a nice thing because the quality was a little higher. Right, uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there were, you know, of course, we missed out on a lot of the in-person stuff and the spontaneity seemed sort of gone, of course. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they do next year for WWDC. Uh because it is, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's, yes, it's a high profile, high press thing, but it's also a very expensive thing for Apple. So, right, you yeah. know, will they, when, when, when the, you know, the world opens up again, will they go back to doing an, an in-person one or will there be an in-person one, but it's sort of a streamlined sort of dialed down version and they'll have most of the content will be online or will you just go and sit in a room and watch the videos on a screen? <laughs> It's, you know, it's possible. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, once bitten, twice shy kind of approach to, to the new world, right? Um, once we come out of this this situation, um, I mean, like I can comment on when I first started going to WWDC, it was pretty open. Um, you had, you know, you had badges and, you, you know, you had to sort of, you know, line up for events and stuff like that. And then there was the bombing in Atlanta at the Olympics. And uh, there was, you know, bombings in, I think, Berl- or Boston there was a bombing and there was some in Paris and places like that. And all of a sudden you saw dogs, you know, security dogs and, and then people checking your bags as you came in. So, you know, this is probably like 2013 or so, I guess. Um, yeah, so probably the second or third time I went to uh, WWC. So that was already, I was already starting to see the change in the way, you know, Apple was was being a little bit more reserved about, you know, um, letting people in and that kind of stuff. And I think that this whole, um, you know, the next year or so, it's going to be, have you been vaccinated? Have you been tested? You know, how long ago were you tested? And that kind of stuff. It's going to be a while before a lot of people are comfortable sitting in a large room with, you know, 500 or 1,000 other developers, right? Which is kind of, I don't know if you remember, but those rooms get pretty packed, right? <laughs> yeah, there's no empty seats in a lot of those rooms. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of time before, a long time before, a lot of people standing on the sides as well. I mean, um, I think it's going to be a long time before people are comfortable with that. Even Apple, from an insurance point of view, are going to be comfortable with, you know, bringing people from around the world to an event like that, right? But it might be a couple of years before we get 
back to that kind of thing. And we may have that may have we have may have may have seen the end of a WWDC, right? I mean, uh, trade shows and conferences. I mean, did they do C three this year? I can't remember. Uh, you know, the big the big show in in LA that happens around the same time, the Consumer Electronics Show. Oh, that's in Vegas. Vegas. Did, yeah, they, did they even CES, do that? Right. Talking about yeah, yeah. They did. They did yeah. do it. But remember, that was in well, it was in January last year. Oh, okay. Now, are they doing it this year? I doubt it. Uh, let me check. Maybe I'm thinking of the gaming one that happened. G3. The it's Electronics yeah. Entertainment Expo. Yeah, is that is that down in LA or something like that? It's a big one too, right? It happens around the same time as WWDC. E3 is in LA. E3. E3. Yeah. So... They didn't do one of those this year, did they? That's the, ga- the gaming one, and no, I, and, and I think the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, I think also did not take place. Right. Well, we also had an online 360 iDev this year, right? It was all I mean, I both went to that for various things, and we had like meetups and things. Um, lots of Zoom calls this year, right? So um, even the conference in Toronto this year was was uh, Paul Hudson was sitting in his home in in Britain uh, doing his his talk from there. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, I, I like the I like the polish of it, but I kind of wonder like um like don't you remember with wwc they could they could basically they use the app to sort of get the temperature of of who was going to be interested in certain subjects and they would double up some of the talks if they were overcrowded in the beginning of the week they would have a replay later on in the week based on the interest right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they could sort of gauge the you know get get a sense of what people are were interest, interested in and plan things out that way right i, I think this year was a, a you know given the circumstances a pretty pretty big winner uh, for a lot of the reasons that you all stated especially having the uh, the well-produced videos where you know the software is guaranteed to work because they wouldn't have produced the video <laughs> if it didn't and i also like that um you had sessions of varying lengths right it was like hey is this only worth seven minutes cool that's what we will talk about whereas it either wouldn't have been worth talking about because like well we can't stretch this out to a full 40 minutes or it would have been cobbled together with a whole bunch of other things and maybe i only wanted to see the seven minutes so i appreciated the fact that it gave them flexibility to say hey if we're not looking to fill a couple of simultaneous tracks what would we do? I do think that I miss, and this is going to sound ridiculous because I have not been in person to WWDC since... 2015. So it's been five years now. I kind of miss the festival part of it, right? Where yeah, yeah. It, it felt more yeah. like a festival where like, okay, Lopez, like you didn't go to San Jose. I was like, yeah, but like, I know people who did, or, you know, I, I can live vicariously through them and, and didn't get to enjoy any of that this time. So kind of hoping that whatever yeah, they do, funny. they continue to have some festival aspect. If you remember this time last year, you were talking about, you might actually be in the area around the time and we would all meet up instead of going to the show or something like that. Weren't you? Yeah. Saying something about like that? Yeah, I was I was yeah. uh, behind the scenes making some some connections here of like, hey, let's let's go get burritos or something. Right, I'll, right, I'll right, be right. roughly <laughs> in the area around that time. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, it didn't work out that year. Yep. This year, yeah. Yeah. The other thing that, that that from the from the meeting meeting up point of view is, I mean, there's been a few um, through the, through the year. There's been a few meetups, like uh, um, release notes did a sort of a happy hour kind of thing where they had you know 60 people join a call and then they they use the Zoom breakout room to break into like groups of nine at a time, right? And I know that there has been a couple of uh, conferences where they had sort of a coffee call kind of thing recently. 360 IDEV did, we did the Stump the Experts thing where, or Stump, what do you call it? Stump uh, Stump 360, where, you know, we do the trivia con- con- contest there and, um, you know, you have the speakers versus the audience sort of thing. And um, that's a lot of fun. And they could have, I think they could have done something like that at WWC too. That was kind of missing this year. Like they usually have like the women's meetup, women developer meetup. They usually 
have, um, you know, like-minded meetups, and they also have the engineering rooms. Like I did have the engineering sessions where I think one of our uh, listeners on uh, on our Slack channel booked a, a meeting to go to one of those. None of us did, right? But yeah. um, I didn't know they didn't have those uh, specialty ones, and you just weren't invited. <laughs> that could be. It could be. It could be. I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, why? Did, you know, they could have. I suppose they could have had uh, something like that. Like, I, I don't know if that's sort of done by you know uh, champions of those kind of causes, right? So um, I, I kind of I wonder what the attendance was from the WWC Live sort of perspective for them, right? They, I mean, because essentially they they it was kind of like Netflix. They pushed out a day's worth of videos, and you could watch them in any order you wanted. I mean, we did watch parties ourselves. Like we got together on we had opened up our Zoom channel, invited some you know, friends of the show and some colleagues and stuff like that, and, and we sat and watched things together and chatted back and forth as like we would agree on which which uh, session to watch together. We would all simultaneously push the start button and you know go through the as if we were sitting in the room and we would comment back and forth on Slack with each other about you know what we were seeing. And I think we even had our our, our microphones were hot, so we could actually talk to each other while the the, vi- the movie was going on or the video was playing. So we kind of made a social event out of it, right? There was a I think there was another it was a group of people who put together a sort of a, call, a group call where you could sit down and do the same sort of idea. They could uh, you know join up and so I think that's a thing that's missing from one of the things that I liked about WWC was here's an opportunity where you know I I don't know about you but like in your daily life do you hang out with a ton of developers you know um, for a lot of us you know in the early years of iOS development we didn't so it was like the chance to meet up with five thousand other people who did have the same interests with us right um, and you know by sitting at a lunch table or just hanging out in line you, you you met lots of people and talked about you know what they were doing and whatever there was that, that big social aspect of of WWC was missing for me right I made lots of friends in the lineups for the keynotes and stuff like that as well right yeah the the festival aspect yep. of it I think yeah. is the best way I can think of to describe it and that was absolutely missing this year um, but really hoping that whatever they come up with for next year or the, the year after uh, will will incorporate some of that yep. Tim did you stay up all night long the night before the keynote this year <laughs> <laughs> no no I did what I do every year I, just, I got up at six in the morning for you nine a.m for you guys right so it was a long day I do remember I do remember specifically that that day waiting because for me you know it's like 1 p.m in the afternoon when the uh, when the keynote hits right so you're, you're, that's, there's a whole half a day of anticipation waiting for this this uh, this event to happen right um you know I hadn't really but you know when thought about that yeah, aspect that you you could have simulated and you would need a whole bunch of other people but you could have simulated okay everybody go to the local coffee shop get a cup of coffee and then go stand outside your yeah. door <laughs> for, for like to you know however long you want to what would you have done to try to get into the keynote and then go inside yeah. and uh and turn on your yeah, hold your my monitor. spot while i go have a pee right yeah exactly. yeah 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 or i'm gonna i'm gonna do a burrito run you want me to get you one right <laughs> yeah and then through the magic power of you know online video chat you could have all been involved in that same sort of thing pretending that you're all in the same yeah. line yeah yeah that's missing anyway so the last thing we have on our list here is the iphone 12 pro the mini the max and 5g what do you guys have to say about that i'm pretty happy with my iphone 12 so far uh yeah yeah you know, i hadn't updated since i was i was using a 10 still mm-hmm. so it's yeah. a pretty nice speed boost um you know it's it's not maybe it's just you know i've been doing this too many times but it's not like the you know the world has changed kind of experience like it used to be it's just a new phone <laughs> but it's nice it's fast am i jaded <laughs> <laughs> i think it's yeah, maybe pretty maybe. similar to me i had an iphone 10 that i upgraded from the 12 is very nice um very nice upgrade 5g i don't 
don't think I've been in areas to be able to really, really test that, especially because I'm not getting the, the, the UW, the ultra wideband section. So it's um, maybe been a bit better at handling LTE than my iPhone 10 was. Um, I, I have, it's kind of like an, an incomplete uh, status for, you know, 5G. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that if I've been out enough to notice being connected to it or notice, oh, this actually would have been a real hassle or I wouldn't have had time to do this without 5G, uh, just simply because I've mostly been home, mostly on Wi-Fi. So this is interesting. I just did a speed test and telling me I got 175 megabits, but I have Wi-Fi on. <laughs> so let me turn Wi-Fi off and just see who's lying to me here. Okay. Now it says 5G. All right. Now I got to figure out how to make the app stop showing me ads and okay, test again. <laughs> this is the speed right. test app? Yep. All right. Here we go. Connecting. No, I've, I've had 5G <laughs> on my phone. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so I turn off my Wi-Fi. Yeah. And it says 5G and now I get 27 megabit. <laughs> So it's slower by a factor of like almost three hundred. Yeah. Oh, really? Four. Yeah. Yeah. Five actually. Mm. Factor five. Wow. Make sure you're not covering up the little plastic window. Are you holding it wrong? <laughs> yeah. Am I holding it wrong? <laughs> Use your left yeah. hand. Yeah. All right. Let me try that again. Mm. Aim the little window out your actual window. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I have five G and I don't have the little window on my phone. No. That's that's. Uh, I don't know if it's just USA, but for sure in the USA uh, and yeah. not not in the United Kingdom and apparently not in the in the lands of Canada. Yeah. yeah. Mine's my phone's maple powered though right <laughs> maple colored does maple yeah. have a like a specific color or is it just kind of a brown tannish kind of color uh well maple syrup is sort of yeah that sort of yeah. caramelized sugar look to it yeah. yeah but maple tree maple trees are generally green leafed until uh, the fall when they can turn orange or red i think the sugar maple yeah. sugar wow yeah turn wi-fi on again and now it's that's up in the 200s wow yeah so the the 5g stuff is definitely something to test outdoors uh depending on your provider yeah. depending yeah. on the actual network that's in your area for any good chance it's not going to penetrate all that well through walls which is kind of what i've seen in my behavior um and i think the times i've tested out just a very little bit of 5g stuff has been like oh i'm you know outside in a car and i'm waiting for something maybe like a like a drive up pickup for groceries or something like oh well while i'm waiting for them to come out and put stuff into my trunk i think i will download this thing or you know do whatever and i just haven't been in areas that have really been able for me to test out the 5g like if we weren't in a pandemic i would say oh well yeah like i was at the movie theater you know uh in the lobby you know not not in the theater itself just so folks don't don't send us angry letters or I'm, I'm at a cafe or you know um you know i'm in some out and about sort of situation that i just really haven't had a chance to try out this year right so i think that's that's where it's kind of hard to tell what i think about this as a, as a 5g capable thing other than i appreciate the fact that it will you know increase the longevity of me hanging onto this device presumably as 5g networks get built out Hmm. All right. Well, I guess we get to our picks um, here. I've got a few, so maybe Hami, you want to go first? Or sure. Mine is um, like many things that we often choose. Uh, this will be best to uh, if you're driving from home. Pull over the car here <laughs> <laughs> and uh, check out the show notes for the links because this is a video on YouTube of uh, what claims to be a prototype Apple Watch, including uh-huh. the security case uh, and box that it came in. So it, uh, as far as I know, is known to be legit. As of this recording, it's kind of interesting to see how this prototype worked. It kind of looks like a tiny little iPod uh, sort of case, but has the functionality you would roughly expect on an Apple Watch. It's it's kind of interesting to see. 
I don't know, again, if this is legitimate or not. I don't think I've seen anything that uh, proclaims it not to be, but I think that's kind of fascinating. So this is a prototype of the original iPhone? Uh, original Apple Watch. Oh, sorry, Apple Watch. Yeah, yeah. So rather than having a digital crown or, or it looks like there's a couple of buttons on the side and then this uh, thing here. Cool. Yeah. And then, you know, it's got that honeycomb sort of UI uh, on it. And it, right. It's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. springboard. Yeah. I don't think it's that long. Is it like four minutes? Yeah. It's like two minutes long. I don't know if this is yeah, there was a, true or not. There was an original when they were working on the iPhone on the Purple Project. There was a thing they called a Wallaby, which is like a, it was like it had a touchscreen interface, but it was not really an actual phone. And they didn't, they didn't actually get to see the phones until uh, quite a bit later, like in the, in the production, very close to when they were shipping. They actually saw the physical device, right? So, well, is that what this is? I mean, it looks pretty legit in the in the video, and there it was touchscreen, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah, no, this is a yeah. prototype though yeah. for the for the watch, right? From the very mm-hmm. first, this is a, talking about the watch 1.0, the OG, right? Right. The Lisa tester, they call it. What are you? What were you talking about? Uh, the the very first iPhone, like when oh back iPhone in, iPhone. Oh oh, not yeah, the watch. yeah yeah yeah. The Wallaby back in yeah, it was called Wallaby back in the day, and it was gotcha. like a yep. it was almost like a like a Frankenstein kind of deal, right? Yeah yeah. Like it had the like it was all laid out and had a touch screen on a board, and you know you didn't actually. It wasn't like you could hold it in your hand. It was sort of a, you know, the way it was described, it was sort of like a, like a, like a breadboard kind of project, you know, sort of the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, I've got a couple of picks here. One is, uh, we were talking about this in, in the after show, and I, don't, I can't remember if I left it in the show or not, but um, we were doing a screen share, and, and these guys were like freaking out over the, the amount of icons I have on my desktop. Um, and that's because I have a program that I run on my desktop called Hazel, and I've had it for many, many years. And uh, it's now version five, and you can buy like a multi, multi-user license so you can have like it on five four or five machines or you can buy it for one mac and what it does is you set up these routines that you know if you say if you're one of these people like me that say stuff to the desktop all the time or or you th- download things to downloads you know your download fo- folder can get full of all kinds of cruft over the years right so i have routines where i have like a zip folder and a, and a dmg folder and uh and then i have um, a pdf folder and so if i so when i download a bank statement whatever it'll take the bank statement and it'll move it into a specific folder. And so what Hazel does is, and if I download a picture to my desktop or download a picture to the downloads folder, it'll migrate it over to the pictures directory, right? So whenever I download something or save something to the, to the desktop, I always know where it's going to get picked up and put away, right? So I never worry about where, where I'm saving things. And because uh, Hazel will just, you know, look at the type of file it is or look at the, the file name or the extension or what have you and decide where to put it away for me so that like, later on I'll know what to look for. Right, so that's kind of cool. It's and it wasn't very expensive. I think you know under a hundred dollars, whatever for for like a five year li- five user license or five five machine license. Um, another thing too, uh, this is from the Objects uh, IO boys. Um, they have done a Swift UI layout explain. It's a, a series of videos that they did last year that they were it was part of the subscription thing. But for Christmas, they were giving it away or letting you watch it for free. So I'm not sure when it's going to end. But so if you want to take a look at it, grab it right now and have a look at it. But it was really cool because what they did was, you know, these two guys are, you know, sort of level, quite sophisticated um, developers. And uh, so what they did was they go through um, how they would write Swift UI, you know, given, you know, Swift as the base language. And they go through how they, using protocols and stuff like that, how they would basically write out, sort of reverse engineer how Swift UI works, right? So it's kind of cool to watch. Um, if you look at the sections in, in the video, uh, they go through a number of things like um, but anyway Chris Chris and Florian uh, go through the whole um, breakdown of how uh, Swift, UI, Swift UI layout works um, yeah so they 
look at you know protocols and shapes, and you look at frames, alignments, you know um, sizes of different things, how HDACs and fixed works with fixed views, uh, custom alignments, and that kind of stuff. Layout priorities, and it's an interesting sort of exploration. It's probably like they're like each section is probably twenty to thirty minutes long. Um, it says here four hour uh, watching time, but um, yeah, check it out if you're interested in 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 how Swift uh, UI works or how you know under the hood. This is sort of their sort of um, take on it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant guys to watch them code anyway. Uh, that's sort of a cool thing. And um, so Tammy, our friend Tammy Coron, has uh, just published a book. Um, we talked about it on the show when it was in beta. It's called Apple Game Frameworks and Technologies. And um, for the longest while, I mean, you know, Game Tammy's a big supporter of Sprite Kit and, and Scene Kit. And she did a book with um, Chris Language on on 3D technologies a couple of years ago. And uh, but this one is for pragmatic pro- uh, publishers, pragmatic programmers. Um, and uh, it's basically it goes through. She goes through a couple of things. One is she does an app basically using um, just writing out the 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 code to create, you know, uh, all the sort of sprite kit stuff, like uh, nodes and la- labels and sounds and stuff like that, and build a basic app. And then she goes through using the scene kit editor, which is kind of a more sophisticated way to do it. And she rolls in gameplay kit. There's, I haven't, you know, I've been looking to refactor one of my games for, for many, many years. It was written in Cocos 2D and I want to bring it over to, to sprite kit. And um, Apple added about four years ago, they started adding in artificial intelligence and gaming, gaming uh, systems into uh, gameplay kit and but there's never really been any sort of you know sort of guide on on how these things work and so the second half of the book uh, goes in quite deep into the scene kit editor and how to create um, components and entities and and uh, sort of the use the AI parts of of gameplay kit to to work through the work through the um, how to build a game so it's kind of a very sophisticated look at it doesn't go she doesn't go too deep into it and as I was saying at the top of the show I don't know if I left it in the show or not but uh, despite what Tammy claims, there is a lot of math in this book. But it's not written in such a way that it that'll it'll break your brain. It's actually very very well thought out. Um, using you know because you have to use vectors to figure out you know directions and movements and stuff like that and follow paths and things like that. So um, uh, using weights and things like that. So that's kind of a cool um, look at uh, game play, game technology. I'm near the end of the book and now it's sort of looking at uh, game pl- um, game center uh, back in the day. So back in you know. Game Center kind of went away for a while, but it, it's never really gone away. And it's and now now with arcade, it's come back a bit. And uh, so now Gameplay Kit sort of taps into uh, and makes it easier to write things for uh, leaderboards and achievements and challenges and stuff like that. And she goes through some of the so the, the, the basics of doing that as well. So leaderboards kind of and achievements have always always been there, but what they did was they got rid of the whole friends concept. Yes, right. Uh, right. And there used to be this whole mechanism for matchmaking, you know, to play with friends or whatever. They got rid yeah. of all that. Yeah. Which was kind of a pain for yeah. apps that use that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was also it was also it wasn't quite you know straightforward um, in terms of leader leaderboards is pretty simple, but you know because yeah. I have a number of leaderboards in one of my apps. Like you know one is like how far you've you've gone, how many points you've gotten, how many coin how many collectibles you picked up. Um, so I have like three leaderboards in in the game for that, and then um, I have another one for another one for achievements. But the it's sort of half broken because only half of the achievements are working for me and because I, I do remember at the time it was it was very similar to in-app purchases it was like not quite straightforward how you set these things up and yeah, i had to set it up inside app store connect as a separate, yeah, you, separate thing you still kind of do but i think the yeah. way that the way that gameplay kit now interfaces with uh with with um i mean you had to write a lot of code to basically get it to work properly too right so but now it's sort of all um rolled into protocols and stuff like
stuff like that as well, right? Part of gameplay kit. Um, and then uh, just uh, since I was, you know, I've been off this week and I've been doing a lot of coding, um, Apple has also updated their uh, Swift UI tutorials. I think when Swift UI first came out um, last year or two years ago, uh, there was a bunch of tutorials on how to, you know, do it, how to how to write things. And uh, this year's uh, set of tutorials goes a little bit deeper. Um, but basically, you're again, like I said at the top of the show or you know, top of the section there on Swift UI, um, you're basically working with an app as opposed to working with uh, an app delegate. Um, and uh, it goes through a number of different things. Uh, it's basically a scrum planner is what the, the basic app is. Uh, so you've got like, you know, how to how to put people into meetings and how to time them. And um, it's even got uh, some text-to-speech capabilities built in, which is kind of cool in the last sort of section of the of the app. So it's sort of like, you know, if you've got, if you're doing a stand-up and you've got people talking, the app will actually capture their, 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 what they're saying and turn it into text, which is kind of a cool little, cool little feature there. But yeah, if you're interested in, in Swift UI from Apple's perspective, it's kind of an interesting, uh, interesting set of tutorials on, on how to use them. And it's quite illuminating in terms of how to build an app, right? Using Swift UI. So those are my picks for this time around until the end of the year, right? Any questions, comments? No? <laughs> seemed like, uh, seemed like good picks. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for another year. So hey, Jaime, if people want to get in touch with you, where would they find you? I'm on Twitter. is at Dev of the Hair. All right. Mark, if people want to get in touch with you. Mark R at Snapsoft.com. All right. And as usual, my name is Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. And so until next time, we'll say bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fireside.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends, leave a comment on the website, or write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you, so use the hashtag AskMTJC, and we may mention you on the show. Friends of the show can also join us on the podcast Slack channel. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at MTJC underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on Patreon.com slash MTJC. Every dollar pledged helps a lot. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Another year, another another trip around the sun completed. Yep. <laughs> 300 revolutions. I like I said, get back to Tammy's book and finish it off. Pretty, actually, pretty well written. I mean, I've, you know, I, I've gone through tons of books over the time, and I got to say, this one's written really well because it doesn't. There's not a lot of. I mean, I've made mistakes going through the book, but I haven't really found any anything that's been out of place. So, kudos to Tammy on that one. Do you have a hard copy or electronic copy? Uh, no, I bought I bought it. I just bought it. It's uh, it's uh, it's I've got beta eight here, but she says that's. The last version she's done. So that would be digital yeah, copy. Bought, then this is to answer Mark's question. That's a digital yes. copy. Then is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's just uh, I just bought a um, the, like I bought it when it was twenty percent off or whatever on Prague Bar. I'm supporting my friend too, right? By buying it, so yeah, it's a win-win. Yeah, it answers a lot of questions. I mean, it's funny, you know, when you wanted to, if you Googled around for gameplay kit for to find out more about it, um, the only the only person who ever came up was Tammy, and she did a, a bunch of talks or like videos on um, on 
on LinkedIn that kind of sort of explained them very loosely. But I think that that uh, set of videos is now no longer online as well, right? So, which is annoying. Here's some real-time follow-up. I just finished updating my phone. Let's see if I can see any of these warnings inside of continue. What was I looking at? Doodle jump, right? Yeah, it should be any app uh, that gives you the little nutrition label for data privacy. Yeah, because I, I wanted to see, because like, I had, had gone in or app privacy. Oh, I see. There's or like an app privacy no section. Provided right? with a warning sign. Data not linked to you. Oh, so I can look at my apps now, right? So that's why I was kind of curious because I did go in and, and answer all those questions. Basically, I don't store anything about you. I just wanted to see what it says, right? Yeah, I'm looking at Geese Squad and it says data not code. collected. The developer does not collect any data from this app. Yes, good. I'm looking at device tracker. Uh-oh, no details provided on scales and modes. I better get on there. <laughs> good to know. I have to get rid of some of these uh, reviews. They're not very favorable. I never, I never really bother looking at them but or worrying about them. Yeah. Data not collected. Security guards. Data not collected. So yours, yours just says no comment, Mark? It says no details provided. The developer will be required to provide privacy details when they submit their next app update. Oh, because you haven't done an update recently. I haven't recently. done an update in a while on this one. I think you can actually go into the, you can go into iTunes Connect and, and just say um, what you do and what you don't do, right? Yep. Yeah, because I've, I've only got uh, five apps on the App Store right now. <laughs> Pi Day Countdown. What does Pi Day Countdown do? Yeah, I just went in and checked the box and right like when a couple of months ago, I guess, right? Oh look, I have stickers in my app. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well that's good to know. Good to know. All right. What do you guys got planned for tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Thirty first Eve. Oh, yeah. You're doing <laughs> I'll a probably fun. just stay home. <laughs> so here you're probably what? I'll probably just stay yeah. home. <laughs> Traditionally there here in the Seattle area, there's the big um fireworks going on at the Space Needle. Uh as you might oh, imagine, right. they don't want yeah. to encourage people to come out and go view such a thing. Right. So I think T Mobile is sponsoring the uh virtual AR enhanced fireworks <laughs> for the Space Needle. So I'm assuming it will be just normal plain Jane Space Needle if I look, well, not out my window, but if people looked out their window and uh, mm. uh, would have to turn on to the telly, as people like to say, and and see the oohs and ahs of like, imagine what these fireworks are like as our CGI graphics do their thing. It's, right, right. And uh, probably we'll end up watching, um, oh my gosh, uh, Ryan Seacrest, I think, is who took over for Dick Clark's New Year's Rock and Eve countdown. Are they doing anything this year? Uh, I assume so, because I'm pretty sure I've seen his face on TV commercials yeah. in the background. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, they could just do it remotely, right? It'd be Ryan Seacrest yeah. talking to, I don't know, Ariana Grande and Justin Bieber and <laughs> people, you know, but Over through Zoom. Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's kind of, I mean, you know, it's not like all this stuff is going to instantaneously be over, but it will be kind of nice to punt 2020 out of here. See it in the review mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched uh, Wonder Woman this afternoon. I want my 30, 30 bucks back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did that for the show. <laughs> anyway. Um, Wait, thirty bucks to pay for you? Yeah, twenty nine ninety nine Canadian to rent it for for two days. Wow. Where it's it where you get it for not free, but you get it as part of your H, your Hulu. Is it Hulu or HBO Max over here? HBO so Max, for, yeah. for the low low price of fourteen ninety nine US, hmm. um, it is either oh you that's what you paid, and then you get all these other things for free. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been binging a whole bunch of Kirby enthusiasm to catch up on, or you consider getting HBO Max for the other things and say oh then wonder woman 1984 is free yeah. this is, as i like to say on the other show you guys is uh, socialized sci-fi is uh, finally yeah. working in our advantage over here in the yeah, states it comes with our health care yeah 
And the pair of, I have a pair of Skull Candy headphones I'm using right now that, that are wired in, but they have Bluetooth, but I think we found that in the first year we were doing the show that it was like a lag, <laughs> you know? Like, it's bad enough we're in different, you know, parts of the country, right? But mm-hmm. Or the, the mm-hmm. continent, even, right? Yes, Sri I, I thought we decided that was the uh, the border security checking in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, yeah, they have to have, like, a five-second delay on our... Exactly. Our feed. Yeah, could right. be, could be. There's could a whole, be. There's a whole meme on the internet, largely for, like, Reddit, where people will either blame or, in some cases, congratulate their, quote, FBI guy that uh, is listening in on their stuff. So you, you might use this as like, you know, you know, I have to look up some really weird stuff. Sorry, FBI guy, you know, <laughs> sorry in advance that you have to, to follow along and, and creep in on what I'm doing uh, or, or people will post stuff like, hey, like, as it turns out, this message didn't go out to this person and thankfully it didn't. And, and I got a little thank you from the FBI guy. I'm like, hey, man, mm. I, I saved this for I saved this relationship for you by not blocking your, your message from going out. It's, it's, right, it's like a right. whole internet meme so we're probably not that far off yeah yeah wouldn't be surprised would not be surprised just to put a, a cap on it the um the funniest meme version of that that i've seen was the uh the supposed photo of like the nsa guy crying because everybody keeps saying fbi and not giving appropriate <laughs> attribution even the nsa wants their likes the poor nsa guy <laughs> did it for yeah. the gram right exactly yeah yeah even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.